0: The only thing worth getting old is not getting old. They load like 6'4".
1: Take off the blazer, loosen up the tie, step inside the, the booth. Night. Mr. Monday's alive. You're listening to the Talk of Chicago 1690 WVON of Curtis R. Monday. And this is the Urban Business Roundtable. Call me live in the studio at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. We have a phenomenal show lined up for you this morning. Uh, coming up, two local entrepreneurs partnering together to do some good in the hood, as I call it, uh, creating a recovery initiative um, to uh, give money to local businesses on the South side of Chicago. They're going to stop by and tell us about all the things that they're doing. Uh, And then also we're going to be joined uh, by Mr. Nick uh, Nicholson, uh, We Jam DJ Academy, learn more about his business and what they're doing and, uh, and more entrepreneurial news as always here on the urban business Roundtable. If you are just Tuning in for the first time on the Urban Business Roundtable, and listening in for the first time, uh, the show is called UBR or the Urban Business Roundtable, and we dedicate this show to the creation and the growth uh, of the urban entrepreneur. We cannot ignore the urban entrepreneur and small business owner. We got three goals here on the Urban Business Roundtable: one, to redefine the word urban and to help the urban community leverage their purchasing power; two, we want to be a resource for the creation. Sustaining and growth of small businesses and entrepreneurship. And that's needed more so than ever with this COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the, the the news coming out, uh, the economy is devastating as we dig in a little deeper. And then finally, we want to provide small business owners and entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunities to grow their businesses. And so that's what we try to do here on UBR each and every single week. Uh, you can listen to the Urban Business Roundtable live every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. To 10 a.m., and a condensed recap on Wednesdays at 8 30 a.m., and in Thursdays at 6.05 p.m. Be sure to follow me on social media. You can go out to Facebook, Curtis R. Monday, uh, IG, at, that's C Monday. I definitely want to get my IG followers up, so be sure to hit me on IG, IG, that's C Monday. And then again, of course, for all your insurance and financial services needs, visit the Curtis R. Monday Insurance Agency at 708 647 1005. That's 708 647 10 05. And then be sure to pick up um, my new book, um, The Game How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor. It's available now. Go up, go out up to my website, curtisrmonday.com. So many people, so many people have been showing interest in the book and supporting. And I want to thank you guys for that. Uh, we're on our second batch of orders for, for new books. Wow, so um, I'm happy about that and the progress that, that that we're making, and we got a lot of other things coming down the pipe. Say thank you again to the one and only um, Perry Smalls. Had an opportunity to be a guest on Perry's show to talk from a high level uh, about the book and some of the different things that the different principles. And I'll see if I have some time today to connect some of those dots. But if you have not picked up the book, if you're interested in building wealth and leaving something generationally for your family. Visit my website, www.CurtisRMonday.com. Pick up the book, uh, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor. You know, before I begin, I always try to give you guys a little bit of uh, inspiration, a little bit of nuggets that God has dropped in my spirit throughout the week. And I actually got two this week, right? I actually got two. Uh, the first thing that fell in into my lap is um, there's nothing that you're facing that's a surprise to God. There's nothing you're facing. There's nothing that we're facing that that's a surprise to God. I mean, even though we've never been in a pandemic before, we've never seen the coronavirus, this is not new to God. This is no surprise to him, right? And so our job, if God is on his job and he knows what he's doing and he, he has it all kind of figured out, then our only responsibility is to simply keep believing. You got to keep believing. You got to keep believing that, you know, God has this thing under control and, you have to try to control what you can control, which is very difficult uh, during times like this. Admittedly, I understand. But that's all you can do. That's your job right now. And then finally, and this is a good one, because I I'm, I'm, I have to remind myself about this one. Whatever you meditate on will come to pass. You know, the, the, the body does what the mind tells it, Right. And so the things you're thinking about, the things you meditate on, those things will ultimately come to pass. You know, the, the fear and faith is just a matter of belief. You know, if you're believing in something, if you're thinking about something, that, that comes to fruition. So if you're meditating on the worst possible outcome each and every single time, if you're med- meditating on the negative, what you're going to manifest is the, the negative. So put your focus in on those things which are positive, right? You know, put your focus in on those things which. Uh, will put you in in the right direction. Make sure that you're meditating on those positive things. And I know it's difficult, especially when you turn on the news right now with COVID-19, all you see is the, the different fatalities and new infections, and you meditate on that. And I, I think it's easy to become fearful. And I understand that. It's okay to be cautious, and it's okay to be intelligent with your approach to certain things. But you can't live in a spirit of fear, you know, I respect the, uh, the awesome power of what we're seeing right now and respect the COVID-19, but I'm not fearful of it, right? I'm going to respect it and take the necessary precautions for myself and my family, but I'm not lying awake at night scared or in fear of COVID-19, right. It's not always, it's not always easy to do, but from a financial standpoint, you know, it's, it's been having a, um, a tough time, uh, on us again. Uh, I think. We just got the news that the U.S. economy contracted at its sharpest rate on record in the second quarter this year uh, and affirming fears that goes that word (laughs) that the coronavirus pandemic and measures to contain it has drove to a historic plunge in consumer and business activity. So our our gross domestic product or GDP in the second quarter uh, annualized contracted by some 32.9 percent. Personal consumption is down. By thirty four point six percent, and core personal consumption, quarter by quarter, uh, is down. Also, the the world shut down. I mean, I, I it's bad. I get it. it it's bad. But the world shut down. Businesses are are shut down. So businesses shut down. Of, of course, it's going to impact our productivity. And the businesses are shut down. Restaurants and shopping malls and stores and things of that nature. Of course, it's going to impact consumer spending. And if unemployment is up, you know, what some 20, 30 million people are unemployed and we're double digit unemployment, you know, mid teens, I forget, I lose track of the number. Now I don't even know where it's at now these days, but if unemployment is still high, of course, people are going to spend less money. I mean, these are all the things, but here's the thing. I was talking to Sonya Levant about this this morning and shout out to Sonya and Titus for what they do on the show. i was talking to Sonya about this, this, this morning. Um, you know, it's funny about the different camps, uh, mindsets that uh, happen with COVID-19, right? You got one camp, and I'm in this camp, where you're taking the most conservative approach. If my interaction with you isn't what I deem essential, right? If it's not something that I have to do, then right now I'm not doing it. And that's just the bottom line. You know, I, I may, if, 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 if it's a close family member or friend, I may find a way creatively to, uh, interact with you. uh, Um, and, and, and social distancing will be, you know, a parameter with that, or I got to have a very good idea about what your lifestyle is, how you moving (laughs) to really, really say, okay, let's be around each other. I gotta know that you share the same values with me in respect to how you view this pandemic. And I'm in that camp. So I'm not doing too much of anything. If, If my activities have to be essential, to, to my livelihood and, and what I'm doing. If not, I'm cool with it versus the other people who are very much, Hey, still living their lives and, and rolling the dice and, and, and doing what they do. And, you know, it creates this, this, um, what's this where I'm looking for these two camps? Like it can, it can be really, It can be really contentious sometimes. Like I gotta admit, sometimes you know I have to really curtail my social media activity because I go out there and I look on social media, and people are at barbecues, and they going out every night to the you know to the bars, and they and they hanging out not in Chicago, but maybe even the South suburbs, and they taking pictures and they going to day parties, and I'm like, how? (laughs) More importantly, why? (laughs) Why? Why are we? Why are you doing this? I I like to think when we connecting the dots. Right. We just had the worst second quarter GDP in the history of the country. Right. Consumer spending is down. Unemployment is high. People's jobs aren't coming back. Businesses are setting shutting down. I said United Airlines was losing some 10 to 10 to 12 million dollars per day from flights. Well, a lot of this is because the uh, proliferation of the virus. Right. The virus is spreading. Still more uncertainty. People are getting ill. People are dying. If we just did the hard work right now, right, if we just tighten our belts right now, and I know it's hard, I know it's hard, but we just tighten our belts right now for a little while, we can get this thing under control. You know, there's data coming out of other countries where, hell, a bad day for them is 400 virus, 400 infected people in a day for an entire country. Hell, I think California had twenty million i'm I'm being facetious when I say that number, but you get the point it's just because our liberties, our democracy, our way of life here is not conducive with making that hard sacrifice it's not conducive with uh restricting our interaction uh in respect to human contact and things of that nature and i and I get it, but we're making the- a bad situation even worse by not adhering to some of these simple principles. Um, and and just doing the, the doing the hard work. I mean, school's getting ready to start back. I have a son. My son is 19 months old. He's not going to daycare. I mean, it's an easy decision for me to make now because he's only 19 months. We we'll revisit this thing come sometime next year and just kind of see what's what. But you know, I, I again, I'm baffled at how you can close down bars and restaurants, but you think it's okay for the kids to go to school. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I'm not for kids uh, right now. Going to school, you can so you can social distance learn. I'm out for the kids with the with the activities in respect to contact sports and organized sports right now. I mean, even though I mean there are some statistics that show that that children can catch the coronavirus, um, and it's very low, but they can still be carriers and, and and infect people unknowingly, uh, and it just makes the problem worse. So I'm just man. I mean, I'm, I'm be easy right now. Everything is be easy mode right now. Let's just put it on pause. I've had 46 years of doing things one way of ripping and running and traveling. And I don't need to go to Jamaica right now. I don't. I've been to Jamaica. I don't need to go right now. I don't, I don't need to go um, take a trip. I love Vegas. I don't need to go to Vegas right now. You know, it's nothing pressing for me to do this thing. It just amazed me that I think it's because we, we, we we're told we shouldn't do these things. We, we think we can't do these things that makes us want to do it even more but we're hurting ourselves financially. Now as an entrepreneur, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity in this, right? So again, if you tell me that, hey, Congress is not approving the $600 extra a week um, unemployment benefit and the moratorium on evictions to stop, that tells me in real estate, I said this last week, I continue to say it, tells me it's going to be opportunity. People, unfortunately, will lose their homes property or housing providers will get tired of playing with tenants who don't pay their rent and want to negotiate and go to court and and things of that nature. And we'll just say, I don't want to deal with the headache anymore. I want to get rid of my property. Right. And no matter how you cut it, real estate will always be a part of the wealth building equation. We're going to talk to a couple of entrepreneurs who, you know, have a a basis in real estate and and how uh, they've been able to to take that to do good in the black lives and black lives matter movement. But all these things are happening. And so as an entrepreneur, um, I'm excited about the opportunity. I'm excited about the prospect. And hopefully, you're positioning yourself to be able to take advantage of some of these opportunities. This is why I wrote the book The Game, that it can be there to provide you know, one piece, one tool you can use if real estate is one of the things you want to do. But with that said, even the best entrepreneur who, who takes you know opportunity to take advantage of opportunity will succumb to the reality that if we don't stop this thing, it'll uh, impact us too. You know, I might be able to find a piece of property that that is at a steep discount and, and be okay with it. But if the people who live there can't pay the mortgage, what have I done? (laughs) You know, I I got problems too, just like everybody. So we all in this thing together and we got to make sure that, that, that we get it right. And so, um, you know, I'm getting looking at my at my social media. People are like, man, you tripping Monday? I, I look. I have tried some things, right? I have tried some things, right? I went out to um, I went to um, the zoo, right? Went to Brookfield Zoo. Took a chance to Brookfield Zoo, and that was um, awful. <laughs> it was it was absolutely awful. It was the worst experience ever. Like this, like, look, the zoo and COVID nineteen is whack. Like, I tried to find something to do. So you can have some fun and get out and, you know, it it met my criteria. It's open in the air, right? It's open outside, not congested indoors. All the indoor exhibits were were closed. so We didn't go any of that. You have a small, uh, a large, I mean, a smaller quantity of people at the zoo. uh, And then you have to make an appointment to go uh, there. So I had a 1030 appointment to go to the zoo and you brought your lunch and everything. But it was whack. It was really whack. Like, you know, like it's not fun. Like when you can't see the dolphins and the monkeys and the apes and all the big cats and the big cat house, like, and it's whack. Like I didn't have to do it. I could have went to park forest or something and saw the deer in the park on the trail or something. And it would have been just as much fun, but okay. I digress. I'll take a quick break. When we come back in uh, at 35, we're going to have um, uh, one of my guests, and talk about what he's doing with, with his DJ business. And then on the other side of the break, talk to a couple of local entrepreneurs and their recovery initiative in light of the Black Lives Matter movement. You listen to Curtis R. Monday here on the Urban Business Roundtable. Yes, sir. Always trying to get that all year money. You listen to Curtis R. Monday here on the Urban Business Roundtable. Call me at 773-591-1690. Call my office to schedule your insurance and financial reassessments at 708-647-1005. And side note, this is not the time for people to be canceling their life insurance. I, I Look, look, I understand money might be tight. I, I hit it. I just spent a whole segment talking about GDP and unemployment, et cetera. I get that, right? But the last thing you want to do, doing a, a, a viral pandemic, is to cancel your life insurance. That's the worst thing to do. You should be, if anything, you should be doubling down on getting more life insurance before everyone gets infected and they make COVID-19 their pre-existing condition to getting life insurance, which can make your premium go up at the, at the, at the very minimum, the worst thing that can happen, where they can say, you're uninsurable. So you don't want to be canceling your life insurance. Side note, get my book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor just got uh, a person, a real estate investor who got the book, sent me a video uh, about his experience. I appreciate you guys. Curtisrmundy.com. coming up, coming up uh, a little bit later in the show. I'm going to talk to Nick Nicholson, uh, a We Jam DJ Academy, but I want to welcome to the show. I guess uh, she's the uh, founder of um, uh, smart is the new sexy. Uh, It's a a show that focuses in on, on empowering women and she's also done some Phenomenal things in our local market, and going to talk to her more about these initiatives. I want to say good morning to uh, Arzic Partinian. Good morning to you, Arzic. How you doing?
2: Good. How are you, Curtis? I was just listening to you. You were just like talking, just just dropping gems this morning.
1: <laughs> I pre- I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And, and like I tell all my all my guests who spend time with us, it's my sincere hope as we talk today that you, family, and loved ones are all healthy and safe.
2: Thank you. Thank you. The feeling is mutual. I think that's all across the board that we've been, you know, just asking people or telling people, whether they're our family and friends or just strangers that you meet, just to say, just to say, stay safe out there, you know, and. And just to be um, cognizant of your surroundings, and um, at a time like this, we just all need to be aware of what's going on, um, whether we believe it or not. This isn't political. This is, I feel like, a humanity thing. And I think that's where we need to stop thinking about individualism and come together as a collectivism society.
1: This, the, you, I couldn't have said it any better. This, this thing that we're facing is no respecters of person. Or, or man, female, or political affiliation. If, if, if you typically what you see right now in this country, you, you see the, 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 the Republicans may say, ah, hogwash, you're imposing on my civil liberties, yada, yada, yada. Most Democrats are going to say, okay, let's, let's flow with it. Well, mm-hmm. that's it. That should go out the window. Herman Cain yeah. just died of COVID. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. That should, that should go out the window. Yeah. When I, when I said, when I saw that, when I heard that, I, I, I was. I was, I I just was like left with my mouth wide open. I said, wow, Herman. And I just saw images of him at that rally several uh, weeks ago in Oklahoma. There were no mask on and partying and hanging out. And wow, that lets you know this is, this is, this is not like some game. Like no no matter what you think it's here and it's, it's killing people, (laughs) killing people, especially people of color. But that's another show. Um, our z- <laughs> it's a whole different topic. <laughs> All different stuff. For, for those who don't know about you, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background.
2: Um, so my background is uh, real estate. I've been in real estate for the last, I would say, close to 20 years of my life. Um, but over the last four years, I have been dibbling and dabbling into taking things that have empowered me, that have inspired me and things that I've gone through in my life and wanted to put out in our community um, and just put that message out there of positivity. And if I can overcome, you know, whatever it was that was going on in my life, I can, and I can maybe empower inspire someone. I know there's so many other women and even men out there that are doing the same thing that aren't getting that notice. So that's what took me back to, creating Smart is the New Sexy, which now we are calling sit-ins, and it's a docu-series that highlights community leaders, people that are out there doing amazing things that are walking the walk and talking the talk, that are empowering other people through their work, through their services, or even just through their stories. And that was something that I felt was missing. And it was something that's always been inside me. So when I got no, 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 I was like, you know what, I'm going to go out there and create my own thing and have control over my own, um, my own, uh, just uh, creative, you know, creativity. So nobody could tell me what I should and shouldn't be doing. And obviously, the internet is such a powerful tool. And if we use it wisely, it could definitely get powerful messages out there and it can definitely build your business, whatever it is. It's just the key is using it wisely.
1: Absolutely. Now in the urban business Roundtable, when we focus in on entrepreneurship and we tell different stories and there's a lot of different, we have so many different things to chat with you about, but one of the things about entrepreneurship that I, that I think people don't realize is that um, even if you're not feeling well, even if you're hurting, even if you're, you're feeling down, you have to get up and perform. And I'm always in awe, like I read your bio, so I I know about you know some of the personal things you've had to overcome to get to where you are and things of that nature. But I'm always fascinated and curious, in the midst of the things you were going through, how were you able to pull it together and to channel that energy into something positive that turned into what you're doing with Smart is the New Sexy? Um, The thing is, it's, you
2: know, everything that, I wanted to do, I've always wanted to do with purpose, you know, and just growing up and seeing my parents, how they, you know, went through so many different things and growing up in the South and being Middle Eastern and never taking no for an answer and, you know, having to deal with the racism part of that and just being my parents, I always had a great role model with my mom and dad. Just like no matter what, stay down, no matter what life throws at you, keep going and, you might not get there like the, you know, the first person did, but just stay true and honest and you'll get to where you're going. And when I was going through my hard times, another thing was um, when you don't have sense for yourself, surround yourself with people that have sense for you. And that's so important. I mean, misery loves company is so true. So whether you like what that person is telling you or not, if you believe in that, you know, if that person believes in you and that person's there with you when you have your good times, but also at your lowest moment, that's when you know that you have, you know, a true friend, a partner, a partner. Um, for me, it was a true friend. My, you know, my girlfriend, she was always there for me and my family too. And just telling me, you have to do this. You owe this to yourself. You have to get up. And it's not only that, you have to have a commitment to yourself, yeah. right? What is yourself worth? Are you going to let your employer down if you don't show up for work because you're looking, you know, whether it's, you know, you're, you have a team project or whether it's to get paid, whatever the situation might be. I look at it that way. Why don't you commit to yourself that way? And so many people do not commit to their self in a way that they would commit to somebody else. So that's what entrepreneurship is about, is just making that commitment to yourself and sticking with it. And I know it could be hard. You know it. You're an entrepreneur yourself, you know. Um, and you just you have to go out there and just show up and be consistent and just do things with honesty and integrity. And it might take you Four years. It might take you five years. It might take you ten years. Just know you will get
1: there. Yeah, yeah. You are definitely speaking to the speaking the truth. I, I can tell you that um, at, in recent years, I had a, a real rough patch with uh, a divorce, and then also uh, yeah. losing my losing my mom. Like, and they happened. Wow. Concur- they happened concurrently. Like, like boom, boom. So one of those things ended in ended up itself, things you can go through. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're both like deaths in his own. I don't yeah. care how bad the relationship was or whatever the case, whatever led to the divorce, it still feels like a death when, when you actually go through it. So, but I remember there were things that, that I still had in me entrepreneurially that, that I knew I wanted to do. But at that moment, it was hard to do it. So what you just said is true. One, you need a good circle. And I know I had mm-hmm. two good, you know, two good friends and Lisa and Tony who talked to me religiously to, to say, pick yourself up kid. It was just listening to me kind of talk through what was going on. But then once I got past that point, the things that were already in me entrepreneurially, the, the, I had already conceived the book, the game, probably in the midst of this, I just needed time to go through my process and, and then for it to come out. And I actually wrote it during the pandemic I actually wrote the book during the pandemic. I started in March and finished in May or June. Like I actually wrote it during this time. So what you're saying is is really really true that you got to have a commitment to yourself and and the things that that uh, that that are in you. And I like to think RJ uh, that that those experiences make us sharper, more well rounded. Yeah. yeah, a little yeah. harder, a little harder, if, yeah. if, so to speak.
2: And if you don't go through something, let's say, if and you don't come out a better person, shame on you. Yeah. You know, like if you don't like I say this with this pandemic, if you didn't come out looking at life or looking at your business or just wanting to do something where your employer, let's say, is not controlling, you know, your um, your financial. It's like you you've got to stop and think and I know there's a lot of people out there that went through hard time. I get it. We, str- you know, I went through really difficult time too, you know, through this whole pandemic with everybody everyone has gone through something in this whole thing. But you got to come out of something of a situation like this thinking differently, wanting more for yourself, um wanting to do better for yourself, whatever that might be or improving on certain situations. So it's, it, I think the problem is with what we face as a society. I call our society a microwave society, right? Like yep. they want everything so quick. You just yep. put it in a microwave. You could pop popcorn in two minutes and eat it and enjoy it and then forget about it. It yep. takes time. Life isn't like that. And you got to sit back and be aware of you, of your situation, of what's going on, and you got to make those changes. And if you're able to go out there and do something for somebody else too, I think yeah, and absolutely. that definitely helps.
1: Absolutely. You know? And, and to that point, you know, in addition to uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, America's also been rocked with the, the outcry uh, of injustice, the outcry of, mm-hmm. uh, of our frustration within our African American community uh, regarding the, the, the senseless murders, uh, of blacks by uh, law enforcement and the black lives uh, matters movement has been a part of that. You, yes. um, have also been, uh, in the midst of, of that, have created like a recovery initiative Tell all listen to about your work that
0: you're doing.
2: So I was, so I was off social media for a while up until, um, this whole thing happened with, the Black Lives Matter movement and then the looting and the rioting. And I was sitting down watching TV and all this looting and rioting is happening like down the street from my house. And, you know, at one point I was scared because this protest that's supposed to be something so peaceful and meaningful has now turned into something that's just out of control, right? You have the looters and the rioters that are overshadowing um, these protesters. And it was just, to me, I felt really sad hopeless. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, some of these people are are trying to recover from the COVID right now. They've been shut down. How are these people going to recover from after this? So, I started thinking, and um, I have investments. My husband and I have investment properties on the south side. I love the south side. I think it's such a beautiful community, you know, and it has so much potential just from the lakefront to the golf courses that could be added there because there's so much land, the buildings. Let's not talk about It's pretty much Chicago history that people sometimes tend to forget about. And when I saw that, I was just heartbroken just coming from real estate knowing how hard you know the south side has struggled just to get to where they are today. And I and and I'm saying that because if someone thinks, oh well how are they struggling? Go out to the South Side and just see and compare that compare compare that to the north side. Don't look at Hyde Park. Don't look at Hyde Park because Hyde Park's completely different. They have the university, you know, Obama lives there. So of course they're going to invest in that but there's so much more. There's Bronzeville, yeah. there's Kenwood, there's, uh, there's all those, you know, areas there. And when I saw that, I was like, Oh my God, how are these people going to recover? So here's little on me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to donate, you know, X amount to let's say five businesses. Right. So I called my friend Candace Payne cause she's an entrepreneur. She's a real estate agent. You know, she's a leader in her community. She's done so much. So that was my first reaction. Let me call Candace. Hey, Candace, I have an idea. Who can I help? You know some of these businesses that are probably no insurance, right, Um, or underinsured. And she brought it up. She goes, Arsec, there's a lot of people out here that are underinsured or don't have insurance. So I was like, okay, let's find these businesses. Let's go out there. Let's talk to them. Let's see how we could help them. So she and I came together, and then when she put it on her post, first it was like kind of like a private thing, and then she posted it, and then people were like, hey, how can we help? Can we Venmo you? We're like, oh, no, no. no." (laughs) (laughs) Don't be Venmoing me, because I don't want to be responsible, right? Right. So she's like, let's start a GoFundMe. I was like, great. That's a perfect way to start this. So um, with that being said, we started a GoFundMe page, um, and we're still going to keep it going, because on August... I want to say 11th, we're going to present um, three or four businesses that we pick that we know are going to open up, that we know need this money more than anything. And we're going to present them with the checks, whatever we have gathered. I think there's like close to 5,000 in the GoFundMe plus the 5,000 that I committed to. So we're almost at like 10 grand right there that we're just going to give to these businesses and help them, you know, be able to come back because these businesses are needed in these communities. These communities need these businesses. They provide jobs. They provide opportunity. They provide products. And I feel, and I don't, I know this, in order for a community to change, and I say this, we have to invest with the people and the children. So there needs to be more done, right? I think that this is a start. And I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm not going to stop until we get these communities up and going and provide it with whatever they need.
1: Absolutely. And, and I, I applaud you and Ms. Payne for your initiative. For individuals who want to learn more about the initiative to get support or figure out how they can lend support, where can they go?
2: They can go to our GoFundMe page, which is small businesses of Chicago that are underinsured or not insured. So they can go to the GoFundMe page. They can go um, to, it's actually Chicago small business owners need our help. So that's the GoFundMe page that is set up for that. They can go to Candace Payne's. Um, bio on Instagram. They can go to my bio on Instagram. Everything, all the links are hooked up there. And just knowing that um, all the money, 100% of the proceeds, all of it raised, is going to go to these small businesses to get them up and going again, and to be able to provide, you know, and help uh, the community, the outside community.
1: Gotcha. Well, we appreciate everything that you guys are doing. Keep up the great work. Arzeg Vartinian, thank you for being my guest this morning.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Curtis. It was such a pleasure speaking to you.
1: Yes, ma'am. Be safe for you and your family. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's take a real quick break. When we come back on the other side of the Urban Business Roundtable, we'll have entrepreneur, entrepreneur Nick Nicholson of We Jam DJ Academy will be my guest. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm Curtis R. Monday. Call my office at 708-647-1005 and get your financial house in order. Check out the new book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor. CurtisRMonday.com is where you can get it. Our next guest attended the greatest university in the state of Illinois, Northern Illinois University, where he got his Bachelor of <laughs> Arts in Education. Uh, he's the CEO and owner of we Jam DJ Academy, which is a local company that provides DJ training for teens and adults. We Jam has locations in the South Loop, Hyde Park, and Homewood, and it also has a not-for-profit arm that focuses on DJ training for at-risk youth that may want to create their own mobile DJ businesses. I want to say good morning to Mr. Nick Nicholson. Good morning to you, Nick. How are you doing?
0: Good morning, Curtis. How are you?
1: Man, I can't complain. And again, <laughs> sincere wish and prayers that you and your family, as we're talking, are all healthy and safe.
0: Uh, we are, and I, I appreciate that. I hope you can, can you hear me okay? I'm yeah, like a headset. I, okay, I want I can, to make sure you can hear me, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can, I, I can hear you fine. Sh- shout out to you and, and your business. How long have you, how long have you had uh, uh, your, your company, We Jam, DJ Academy?
0: Well, I've been DJing for well over 30 years, so I started in the early 80s and, um, you know, been DJing for, since then, all through high school, through college, after college, established a mobile DJ business on the side Um, but I was I I got to the point where I was like okay what's next like what's and I started thinking about my own DJ if you want to say shelf life like how long am I gonna do this right right, and and who's behind who's behind me is there anybody that's ready to to take the mantle you know my kids uh, you know they dabble in it but it's not their passion like it was for me but I kept thinking, like this, this, this term, the next gen DJs. What, where are they? Um, what do they exist? And that's when I said, you know what? The, the vision for this came about seven years ago. I didn't, I didn't fully execute it until three years ago. I established it as a business officially three years ago, and that's when I kicked it off. But my whole goal was to, to train up the next generation of DJs. Um, I learned on my own, you know, like most people in the early 80s. We were in the basement. We had some turntables, some records. <laughs> we played. But there's no formal training. There's right. no formal training out there. And then there was this other group of uh, older, you know, my generation of people that said, man, I wish I would have started back in the 80s because I would have loved to have been able to DJ. And I'm like, well, why can't you? He's like, well, nobody will show me. Nobody will teach me. And it just hit me like this is what I'm going to do. This is I'm going to train others on everything I know, everything I've learned, and the lessons learned, the failures of DJing as an art. So that's that's how I started three years ago.
1: So how does that look? Do you literally just, you know, like if I'm going to work out, to get bigger with weights, I got a curriculum. (laughs) Is it the same thing? Like I literally show up and we have a curriculum and we go over different things? Oh, yeah.
0: Yes, sir. So (laughs) I have an education background that I really wasn't using. So. I said, you know what? Let me let me just map this out. So what I did was a brain dump of everything that I was that I thought about. I wanted this thing to look like because it had been swimming around in my head for, like I said, seven years. This whole idea of an academy, 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 and I just I just sat down one day and I just wrote on a piece of paper. I put in the middle of it, We Jam, DJ Academy, and I just started throwing everything out, even if it didn't make sense. Um, and I, I went, started with the history. I wanted to talk about uh, the science behind DJing. I wanted to talk about, uh, so there's a STEM component, too, so, you know, the science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, I wanted to uh, um, go into the communities. I wanted to help youth. I wanted to um, have another component where you, if you want to learn how to make your own mobile DJ business. So I threw all this on a piece of paper. I, I structured out what I thought would be a a comprehensive curriculum. We meet four weeks for the adults, um, um, twice a week, Tuesday, Thursday, for two hours. Wow. And it's almost like a boot camp. Um, And people that have no experience or some that have, you know, been playing for a while but want to fine-tune, so we kind of, we cater to whoever uh, is ready to take the challenge. And uh, it's been a great ride, man, really. It really has.
1: So when they come, do they bring their own equipment or do you have equipment Mm -hmm. for them?
0: So a lot of people come in with nothing. Uh, Some have their equipment. Uh, Some have very nice, expensive controllers, and they don't know what they're doing with it. They have no (laughs) clue. They're like – I mean, here's here's the analogy. I always say this. If I go out and buy an airplane, that does not make me – that doesn't make me a pilot. You know, so I got to go through some training. But I have – we have controllers for the students that don't have – they do have to bring their own laptop, and we load the software on there. Uh, but eventually, what happens, and I, you know, pretty much 100% of the time, the students that came in with no controllers by the second week, they've gone and invested in a controller. Right. They bought one. Right. So um, it's like if you were taking golf lessons, and you're like, all right, you know, you can use this set of clubs now, but eventually, you need to get a set of clubs that you can practice on, that you can be comfortable with, and work on at home. So um, yeah, we do provide controllers. Again, the software. We use, it downloadable on their laptops, and uh, we just have a really, really good time with this yeah. class.
1: Man, look, DJing is important. It, it, that, <laughs> yeah. Can't not kill a party quicker.
0: <laughs> Man, listen. Man, look.
1: <laughs> Man, you want to get yeah. people stopping and angry, like, let, yes. let the DJ at the party be whack, <laughs> and can't, and can't oh. like, do the blends and have the right song, uh, like.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, Curtis? <laughs> I, that's, that's part of my. That's, I, I, I preached that in one of the classes. I said the DJ is a very important part of most social gatherings. Yeah. You are, you're not the most, you're not, you're, all eyes are not on you most of the time, but that background music, that, that uh, the tone you're setting for the event is critical. very important. And critical. It's critical. And if you screw up or if there's dead silence <laughs> for too long, the whole room is going to stop. And they're going to turn around and look at you. Man, you got to (laughs) know what songs
1: to play, how to mix it in, like to keep the momentum going. Well, tell me this, Nick. How has
0: COVID uh, impacted your business? Oh, man. So COVID hit us hard. Um, I had just started. I usually start the classes after the holidays. We go with a big push. And, uh, like, right after um, February, we just go right into our spring classes so i had a march class set up uh we had just finished the second class and that's when covid hit us and it shut it shut us down it it, it kind of really shut the world down but it really shut me down because obviously we our classes are face-to-face we have to be in the space together and uh so i had to suspend that class i had a kids class on saturdays at the time this was in march so we stopped it okay um and you know everybody's understanding about that, but uh you know we recently i just recently had a class um and we did it virtually okay the majority of it was- we did a hybrid model because okay. some of the content that I cover I can cover using zoom and i'm I'm sharing my screen. the students have their their laptop, they have their controllers out, they can see what I'm doing, I can have them share their screen um and, and that worked. And this hybrid model, um, we had a couple sessions online. Then we had a couple that we were in a loft space that was spread out. Um, um, and everybody was around. They, they, they had their own little tables, own sections, social distancing. You know, we, we were very conscious of, of wearing masks and sanitation. So we were able to get off a class. They just... We had a recital just recently the last Thursday. It was a small. Normally the recital is kind of a big deal, like a big party, and their family and friends come out and hear them play. Uh, So I just finished, and I was very proud of this group, man, because they persevered. Some of them that were in that March class that I had to suspend, they came back. They were were so determined to get this done. Um, So we're easing back into it. Um, Again, just being conscious of of COVID and and people – not really feeling comfortable coming out yet, so I've, I've developed a hybrid model now, and that kind of challenged me as an entrepreneur to think differently. Like, yeah. all right, let's think: how can we do the same thing but virtually? Yeah. and and we did. I did it. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> I'm yeah. proud of myself. But like, yeah, you I thought be. it was over. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was over. I said, like, you know, this is it. The jam is done. We're over. But no, nah, you know, and like you know, like any entrepreneur, you get knocked down. You got to get back up. Get back up yeah and you adjust you adjust and this covid honestly was a blessing in disguise i mean obviously it, it's it's tragic for on the side that a lot of people dying and sick but if if you're an entrepreneur and you're and you're forward thinking this should have been a great time for you to to revise and remix if you will your business model because you know we got to think about ways and outside the box i know that's cliche but How do we how do we stay relevant in our businesses during these times? And that was my main focus. You
1: know. Well, hats off to you, Nick. We got to get ready to get out of here. But I want you to give our listening audience your information. If anyone's interested in learning more about your business, where can they find you?
0: Uh, We're at WeJamDJAcademy.com. It's all one word. Uh, That's our website. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. Um, but we jam dj Academy.com, i'll have a listing of upcoming uh schedules um for the classes for the adults and the kids the kids we're going to kind of wait until maybe september timeline to get back into that but we jam dj Academy.com. and i appreciate you curtis thank you so much
1: no nah, not a problem sir god bless you yeah. be safe to you and your family and continue the great work
0: you as well brother thank you all right bro bye bye bye
1: nick nicholson
0: I'm CEO and
1: owner of We Jam DJ Academy. Great show, as always, here on the Urban Business Roundtable. We appreciate you. I want you to keep it locked here on WVON. I'm going to take a quick pause, and I'll be back at 11 o'clock with the one and only uh, E. Jizzle as our caller, E. J. Williams on She Flips, He Flips. We'll talk about real estate investing, talk about some more principles of the book, the game. Talk about is it better to flip, uh, fix and flip properties, or is it better to buy and hold and get into the nuts and bolts uh, of those uh, but, again, great show. I want to say thanks to the team that makes up the Urban Business Roundtable, Mighty Titus on the ones and twos. Uh, and also, uh, Sonya Levine, we appreciate you and your production. I tell everybody that I don't do this for my first name. I do this for my last name. Chance Jordan, Daddy loves you as always. I got to get out of here, folks. Say what you want to about me, but I always know that I did it my way. God bless.